what's going on? Hey guys, it's your boy CEO. What are the hosts of the Breaks Radio? I'm joined by the team of A. Hey, first up, Miss Mary Almonte is in the building. What's going on? Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey guys. We also got Baylor the Great, Mr. BTG. What's up, bro? Hey, hey, alkaline water. We keep the pussy wet. Okay, well. That should tell you guys what type of show we're in for tonight. But we also got the red wine connoisseur himself, Marquise here. What's going on, bro? I'm good, sir. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime, anytime. I did think about firing you after that joke before we ended recording last week, but I couldn't do it. My heart wouldn't let me do it. Which one? I can't say it here. Oh. Think, I need you to think about it. We'll, we'll talk about remember. it after we're done recording. Right. But no, I'm just playing. I, I could never fire anybody. <laughs> but we, we got some shit to talk about this week. Welcome to the Breaks Radio. Let's jump into the first topic, which is Swiss Beats and Timberland Cells Cell Versus. Uh, they will still be majority of the shareholders in the company. Uh, they're also still going to be employed by it. Seems like a lot of the artists who performed, all artists that performed up to this point, actually do own some shares in the company as well. But it was sold to the Thriller Network. What do you guys make of this? Who wants to take this one away first? Womp, womp, womp. Nobody. nobody everybody kind of disappointed with this one? Marquis, nah. I'm going to throw you under fire. Go ahead with it. Let's go for it. Right. Um, again, we don't own shit. Um, we give away everything, but here's the problem. They didn't know where to go with it. So you give it to somebody to take it from there. You hand it up the baton, but you hand it up the baton to someone who is not a part of the culture. So Asalu, fuck them. All right. Baylor. Could it be they didn't have the resources to go to another level? Cause if okay. that's the case, if that's the case, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset, especially when I found out that, their majority, you know what I mean? So, and the, the, the artists that participated had shares in it. So I'm not, that, do, right? I'm not, I'm not that mad at it, but I get it. You know what I'm saying? We don't own anything outright, but at the so, end of the day, if they would have been paying attention to the content that we put out, we had ideas for the niggas. They don't listen. I, I agree. But real <laughs> quick, you said the resources. I mean, look at all the, the potential um, entrepreneurs that are black that could have done something with this. I mean, you could have given this to Diddy if you wanted to. You know what I mean? He'd have probably got a master team together or something, but wow. You could keep this in-house? You know, you know who I would have loved to have seen do something with it? Um, LeBron and Mavs, Spring Hill. Um, you know, even KD's, you know, company that he just formed, He he's, you know, done some production stuff and things in that wheelhouse. Like, I think to the point you guys just made, it's like, yeah. I mean, you raise a good point, Marquis, because in the beginning I was just like, damn, like kind of like we couldn't, they couldn't hold on to it and cultivate it themselves. But the point is, I think that if anyone listened to our last few reviews of the last verses, is, um, I don't know how do you say that, plural. Uh, but whatever it is, we I think we all kind of came to that conclusion that they couldn't handle it and kind of were in over their heads and it was kind of going in a not great direction. So, I mean, cool that they had the, you know, I guess knowledge of self enough to realize that they weren't bringing it, they weren't growing it or bringing it in a direction they needed to go. But I agree. I feel like there are so many black 
you know, entrepreneurs and production companies that they could have approached with it and it would have been more meaningful. But, you know, whatever. This it didn't have to live on IG though. Like the IG could have been the the um the exclusive. Well, it's not now. It's going to be an app now, right? I know, that's, that's what I'm saying. This could have been if this could have expanded so far. It could have been on OTT. It could have been on streaming. It didn't just have to um, remain in IG. That's what IG should have been more of behind the scenes. Both of them recording from their perspectives. All artists from their perspectives showing their crew, and from the national level where you get to see what's televised or it's on the app. It, it expands. You know what I'm saying? So you can see some real behind the stories if you're on the IG platform. But there's just so many different... I can think of multiple ways how this could have gone, but again, I, I, I prefer them to give it to Jay-Z of all people. Let him do something with it. It probably would crumble, but, but still... But Jay-Z just sold his shit himself. Jay-Z be flipping shit. Maybe our heroes are capitalists. too, right? He sold yeah. portions of title and Ace of yeah. Because he, don't, he doesn't run shit correctly, but again, he could have got a, a group of people um, to invest in or, or whatever to expand this, but so they could have went the rock route. We're, things are going to be opening up soon. They can bring this to the stage. They could have toured like you like you recommended before. But, There's but so wait, many different here, directions. Here's my this is my I know that he's trying to jump in, so I'm just going to give my little final thought. Right? Um, I feel like though, let's really, in fairness, there are two producers. <laughs> like in a way, I think we're giving them a lot of credit or ambition here to like expect them to have the business acumen to know how to do the things you're suggesting. I like, can't limit them to that. Executing well, see, that. I can't limit them to that because Timberland also has One Republic, who's a multi-million dollar band. His um Timberland's um excuse me, um Swiss's wife is um Alicia Keys. You know how many relationships and ties they have throughout ties, I relationships. Say, don't, I wouldn't, limit them, to, I wouldn't limit them to executing a business. That's what you have consulted for. Let's be, for, let's be clear though, so bro. I get what you're saying, but both of them have run record labels that have went into the ground. So like if we're if we're looking at, that, at at their at their at their business acumen in general, it doesn't seem like like they they took something that started off as something to just have and to give to the people during quarantine and turned it into a profit for them. Like that is the American dream in several ways. So I, I yes, it sucks that it didn't stay black owned. It sucks that you know, we like things that seem to get built up in our culture ultimately get bought by larger companies. But in many ways, that is kind of the American dream. Like that's not to excuse it, but really, when you look at it, they they could have sold it when it was at the height. It's really at a low, like at an all time low, and they still got a lot of money off of it. And they still could be part of the reason why it turns around, and they could ultimately part profit of it. It being sold to a company like Thriller to me just means that. We're now going to see verses open up in a way that is not just for the culture anymore. And thus, the business may be more profitable for that in the long run. Unfortunately, I'm not saying that, you know, it, it, that ideally we shouldn't have been able to keep it in the culture or whatnot. But maybe they just took it as far as they can go. I can't say that they're not. They're not. I mean, you're, you're basing this on their companies as far as their their eye for talent. They don't have a lot of successful um, you know, talent-wise, I mean, Missy, clearly, that was Timberland's best signing in One Republic. The rest of his artists, no. So they don't really have a good eye for talent. They can make production, like, whatever. As far as their investments, as far as the people that are around them, they're at a level where they're respected. So people should have came to them, like, listen, you know, or a consulting team saying, listen, this is where we can take this. We can bring this to this station, this station, or whatever, or put it on a black station or something. But I don't know. I, again, I know they, they needed this to be saved to keep it alive. 
but now you don't control it. So we don't know where this goes. And wherever, here's the sad part. Here's the sad part. Let's just say this ends up blowing up and we have all these rock bands and all this, these, you know, actors, blah, blah, blah. They won't get any credit for this. This is going to be basically, we took your shit because you couldn't do it. Now we can kind of thing. That's, that's my problem with it. I agree that they should have probably been more selective in who they pass this off to. But I don't know. We don't really know the details of this deal either. So who knows what kind of numbers were thrown out there and who knows what kind of support they're going to get. I kind of feel like they were lacking support. Just look at the way that it was executed. I mean, in the beginning, right, when everyone was remote, they would send everyone like a, a care package of all the things they would need to record from home. And that still was getting fucked up. Like every versus had some kind of crazy technical difficulties, even the ones that ended up in person. So I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more that went into it that, you know, we probably don't even know. So I don't want to be so quick to criticize that. Like, I, I think I that agree. a wise man knows when they don't know something. So. But the headline is Triller owns it. Right. I, I'm not thrilled about who they sold it to, but I do think they needed to sell it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it kind of yeah, ran its course. Ran maybe, course. unfortunately, it just went as far as it could go with them and for them. So, you know, I mean, it remains to be seen. For all we know, maybe, I mean, Swiss and Tim still have decision-making. They're still a big part of it. Who knows where this is going to go? Uh, but, Baylor, do you have anything left on it? I know you kind of got to say a little bit on it. Is there anything left that you have on it? Nah, I'm not that mad. Tell them why you mad, though, son. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. Not so shiny topic. Um, some more allegations have come out against Ti and Tiny. Um, there's now a lawyer, uh, Tyrone A. Blackborn, who is uh, representing all the people in this case. Uh, What's his the, name? Tyrone A. Blackburn. Fuck, man. Doesn't that just sound like the like? That just sounds like a lawyer who's who's just waiting on the case like this, and is like, you know what? I got you. Um, it sounds like a power character. Yeah, yeah, but so okay, and I I make this this comparison not to say that it's exactly the same, but I'm just saying the way that it went down. This reminds me a lot of what happened with Harvey Weinstein. It initially started out with an accusation, then people started coming out and feeling more comfortable about it. You got you got someone who who. Now is a, uh, I believe one of the people is, oh, in the U.S. Air Force and said that this happened to her when she was 17. And so, like, it's it's just it, it, more and more it's coming out. Stories sound like, uh, what do you guys make of this? Ultimately, like, is it time to cancel T.I. and Tiny? I mean, the show's already been, it's not recording. What do you guys think? Uh, I guess shit. I should go first since I'm the woman. Okay. <laughs> um. So it's interesting, right? Because, yeah, Weinstein, even Bill Cosby, dare I say, which I don't know if us talking about that's going to get us canceled. But, um, you know, even no. right in New York, <laughs> in New York, we have a similar situation playing out with Governor Cuomo right now, where it's like, I think I want to say three weeks ago, one woman said that he just made some like off color jokes, basically. And now we're at six women in a matter of weeks. Um, and again, I mean, nobody's saying he like raped them or anything, but it's like he made them feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So we're living in some very delicate times for this. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's not been a secret. And we've said this before that T.I. and Tiny got down with, you know, multiple partners. Um, mm -hmm. 
I don't see, like, I'm not even clear on what these accusations are. It's like, were these people saying they were forced to participate in their orgies or threesomes or whatever it is? Like, I don't know. I feel like, again, you knew what you were going to T.I. and Tiny's house for. Like, anyone who knows of them knows this that this is their MO. So I don't want to, you know, again, I don't know any of these details and the only people that really know are the people who were in the room, (laughs) but it is weird when these situations happen where it's like a bandwagon kind of effect. And it's like, if all these things happen, why didn't you say anything then? And I mean, again, I don't want to, I know this sounds like it's discrediting women who've been through something. I have never been in that situation. So I don't know what the motivation would be to not speak on it right away. But it does strike anyone as odd, I think. It's like T.I. in his initial defense, when the first, you know, couple came forward, it was like, you know, people see a money grab. So that's what they, and I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just cute. Like, that is a possibility. So I just, I don't know what to think. But and, and one of the newest allegations that came out is that the woman, Sabrina Peterson, who's I think the first woman to come out, um, has now been accused of recruiting women to have sex with T.I. and Tiny after that. So, like, this, it, it's a lot of layers that are being exposed here. And, I, like, I don't know if we ever get the full story. This may be one of those things that everybody gets paid off. And this shit kind of just quietly goes away. I don't know. Baylor, what do you think? So if they get paid off, what does that mean? That's the thing, though. Like, when it comes to these civil suits, I, to me, it's a, that's a lot of women. Is, isn't it over, like, 40 now? I think so. I think yeah, I think that's the last thing I saw, too. Uh, Man, just short, sweet, and simple. Like, if they did it, to hell with them. Um, But, again, I can't just sit up there and just cancel I can't cancel people just because of allegations. You know what I mean? I mean, I understand where there's smoke, there might be some fire, but like we got to chill out on just canceling people out just because the allegations pop up. There's a lot of cats that don't like T.I. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of cats, like we just said, that see a money grab. So I don't know, but I do know it's foul if you're holding people hostage in your house by gunpoint. I do know it's foul that if they got there and assuming that they was going to partake in a certain party that didn't involve drugs, but you forced him to take drugs. That's, that's foul. So if any of that play in any of that, that took place, then yeah, they got to, you know, we definitely canceling him out for that, but we got to wait. Shit. Niggas are still waiting on the, 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 the Tory and the Megan shit. We still don't know what's going on with that. True. That's a good point. That's a good point. Marky. I think, um, was this all this this um, behavior happened at their residence or hotels or? It's a it's a combination of everything. I mean, as of right now, they're being recu- accused of kidnapping, raping, drugging. The one lady said that, the, that she was taken over several state lines. So it's it's uh-huh. it's a lot of shit in these allegations, bro. And no criminal investigation yet. Nothing that's been announced. No formal investigation. So here's the problem. There's cameras everywhere, especially at their house. There's cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. If someone is being forced into something, there's an investigation that would have to happen, especially for a high-profile couple. The authorities would have been involved already. That's how I look at it. Unless I'm missing something, unless another detail is, is a little sketchy or not enough evidence to to pursue them. But all these people coming out, I, I would think there should be some type of investigation, a criminal investigation. If not... You're seeing Tiny and T.I. 
you already know what they're about. And if you don't know what they're about, you want to be there in the limelight with them. And if you get involved or if you don't, if you happen to take something or whatever it is, I mean, they're going to ask you to sign a waiver or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. And I'm on the side of it where you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. I don't want to say that they're right or, you know, that I don't want to take anything away from them because they could be victims and we don't know because we're not there. But again, this is a pattern. This is, they have a history. Everyone knows this already. This is like an open secret. And now we're hearing this now in the time of cancel culture. And you know what I mean? So I, I'm a little, I'm not going to say I know for sure, but how I feel right now based on what's presented to me, I don't know. I can't trust it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anybody have anything left before we move on? I mean, look, bro, they about to cancel a skunk. A cartoon That's, skunk. Okay, Pepe so... Pepe well, was canceled. No, but the point is, like, once they that catch you, they, it's over. It's over. Once once they get a hold to you, and that's why I say it's, it's not fair because it's just like it's just like a, a man being accused of rape, of, uh, you know what I'm saying, and it was false, but that sticks with him for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. True. You know, so that's why I'm like, yo, just let's just chill. It looks, it looks, and it definitely sounds foul when you look at the details, but we st- we just don't know. That's what that's and that's what we, I try to focus on too. Is like we don't know anything for sure. Period. Point blank. There's nothing that we know for sure. As as bad as these allegations sound, who knows? Um, but I mean, it remains to be seen. I'm not passing judgment. Uh, we'll just continue covering it as it involves. But let's let's move on to the next bit of shit. That's just some fucked up ass news. Um, Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, all uh, tell all interview with Oprah Winfrey. Uh, Mary, I'll come to you first on this one. What do you What do you think? Like. What do you think about a the people that are shocked that the royal family is racist? Because that shit didn't shock me at all. Like, if anybody's going to be racist, I think it would be the royal family who has proof of inbreeding in their family. But that maybe that's just me. What do you think, Barry? I agree, but I also feel like one thing that the last year has proven to me is that um, <laughs> if the world would have just would just listen to black people more often, then they wouldn't be shocked about most things. It's like. There really are some white people who are well-intentioned, you know, and well-meaning, who really believe that racism has been eradicated. And it's like, well, it's great that you're not racist, but there definitely are, you know, racists out there. And the royal family, like you said, being at the top of that list. Um, That interview was really everything, everything. I mean, it was like all the feels, right? To hear that Meghan Markle was actually suicidal was, you know, it was really... um, so, okay, I guess I should rewind. She's someone who I always identified with and looked up to. Um, you know, I used to follow her blog. I followed her acting career before. And, you know, mind you, she was never like an A-list actress, you know, before, uh, you know, becoming the Duchess of Sussex and now back to being Meghan Markle. But, um, you know, she always really stood for, like, women's empowerment and being like this, you know, like, strong you know, elegant woman. And for her to really feel like all of that bullshit was really breaking her down to like the point of not wanting to live anymore. That's really deep. Um, I mean, I want to shout out, you know, Harry for being supportive. I mean, he like, there's memes going around clowning the situation. Like, yo, Prince Harry, like left a whole country, gave up a whole country and y'all can't give up video games (laughs) or whatever. But it really is the truth. I mean, I think that, him identifying like what happened to his mother and kind of seeing like the red flags 
you know, in play again with his wife and him really taking the step to get the flock out of there, I think really was, you know, a courageous one for him too. Um, I think Meghan Markle's dad is trife. Like he's been on every freaking news station in the last two days, basically like saying that had she not cut him and his other daughter, who was her sister, I guess, off, uh, she wouldn't have been alone. So basically trying to make it out like she chose that path. Meanwhile, he was selling her pictures and shit to the tabloids. So that's how he got cut off in the first place. I don't know. I mean, it's rough when you have a toxic family yourself and then you marry into one. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I think that they are such an example of like, guess what? <laughs> when you identify a toxic situation, you remove yourself from that. And, you know, they did that successfully and then got paid seven mil to <laughs> talk to Oprah about it. That's the rumor. I don't know if that's true. Um, but yeah, that was the other thing. Honestly, to hear that he, like Harry was financially cut off was crazy. Um, you know, the plot twist there with, uh, Tyler Perry being the one to provide security for them when the Royal family cut off their security. I mean, that is something that out of everything else I would have really taken personally, like you, like, what does that really mean? People, the public knew where they lived when they were in Canada and the royal family just was like, well, guess what? Fuck y'all. Y'all wanted to leave. Like, they really, you know, and then their statement after, to summer, to tie it up, uh, was super whack. It was just like, we're investigating this racism. And, you know, they will always be loved members of the family. Like, come on. After all of that, you guys needed to give us more. So... I don't know. I feel like the royal family's some bullshit, and good for them for getting the fuck out of there. That's it. <laughs> All right, Baylor, what do you think? Uh, nothing. <laughs> uh, I have, I have, I have nothing. I was, my wife was was eager to watch that shit. Not, not me. I wouldn't. Honestly, I wasn't into it at all. But I, you know, salute to salute to them. I'll, I'll fight with y'all. I don't like racism either. Fuck your, fuck your family. <laughs> I mean, not like that, but yeah, like that. Fuck your couch, nigga. Um, I gotta say, shout out to my man for dropping everything for his woman. That's some real shit right there. You basically left the fucking country, your status, no money, and that tells you how much how fucking racist they are when they basically say we're not giving you any money. Be with that nigga. You get what I'm saying? That's some real fucked up shit. Um. Shout out to Pierce Morgan. Fuck you too. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. That that's what uh, you guys covered it all. I ain't Mary covered it all, but like fuck that whole everything. Like just fuck it. Uh, this period point blank. They can go right along with Pierce Morgan's whack ass. But uh, all right, let's let's take a break from that. Yo, what up, man? It's the Geek Set Podcast, the only podcast that blend hip hop culture and geek culture together. I'm your boy Deuces. This is Lib. This your boy Bacardi. And make sure y'all check us out every other Tuesday on the UrbanMogulLife.com or any other podcast platform. Let's go. We're going to get into some actual music, uh, both rock and uh, some R&B or soul, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, let's jump into it. So, Silk Sonic, a group that was formed from Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac, two of my favorites. Um... Leave the door open. What do you guys feel about this track? 
Oh, Keep it open. Still on repeat. <laughs> it, got like, it got like a like a 70s bop to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love it. And can I just say, you, Hayes, were the first person I thought of when when I saw that it dropped because I knew that they were, both of them are your faves. So I was like, he must hear this. And the visual's dope. I don't know if anyone got to see that, but they dropped some visuals to go with it. I, and- I would love to hear the story of how these two... Because, like, at least to my knowledge, have they ever even done a song together before? Like, how did they come together and decide to form a group? It Sonically, it makes sense. Like, if you hear their voices, it makes sense. But, like, I just, I, I wouldn't. During quarantine. It was during, well, that makes sense. That no, I'm saying, sense. think about that. How, during yeah. quarantine, how did you connect? They're yeah. in two different parts of the, the country. True. That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know. It. But I'm glad that they fucking <laughs> did. Like, this 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 was like some superpowers coming together. And I can't wait till the full project to drop because I just, I have high hopes, high hopes for this project. Yes, Lord. It's it's dope when you when you see a pairing um, from two different worlds, and I think I would look at like Red and Meth. Mm. They complement each other so well. They came together, no upbringing at all. They they connected, and you knew they were like brothers. Um, we yet to see a project, um, a full project, so we can make that that determination. But um, for instance, uh, Nars Barkley. Mm. To me, I don't I know I know where I know you hate Seal Green, but I don't think anybody has done more for Seal Green style. Than Danger Mouse, like that whole project was perfect to me, both albums, and it was like the perfect pairing, the perfect marriage of the two. So, to me, this is what it feels like. It's perfect. It's just, it's just almost flawless. The sound, the purity, just the vibe, everything about that that song just screams sexy. You know what? We're we're bringing that shit not just back, but we're moving it forward too at the same time. That's what I appreciated about it. For the record, I don't hate CeeLo Green. I just don't mm-hmm. like his voice or his vibe. <laughs> So that's that's what CeeLo Green is. So you don't like CeeLo Green. But hate is a strong word. And I don't sleep on his talent, but he's just not for me. There was one time I read a lyric from CeeLo. He was like, that was beautiful. I said, CeeLo Green, I hate it. <laughs> but no. That's just the... the this Silk Sonic shit is... is uh, this could be huge. And especially in the time where we talk about like like really great r&b it exists it's harder to find it's not promoted as much but like this has the the like this is the best jumping off point that they could possibly have from it's a great single imagine the tour them backing each other Mm. up on their own songs and then doing that together that tour that's all they need is just them two they have their albums their projects and then their own their live their project together Flawless. I yes. would definitely be ready for that. I would pay good money for that. Yes, Wait. absolutely. Cool. <laughs> Baylor doesn't. Baylor. Baylor, <laughs> Baylor, you not impressed? No, I'm. In, I'm impressed. Are you not I'm entertained? Just, I'm just. I'm just. You, you, I would allow Marquise to pay for my for me to get in that <laughs> concert. I, I would. Like, I would. I would definitely for show. Sure. Well fair, played. That's we're gonna fair. we're gonna have to sell a few of your shirts. Not the Asian made ones, the handmade ones from you. Oh no. Not the knockoffs, you know. Oh God. All right. <laughs> Skipping right past that, Marquis. You got black people like rock too. What you got for us this week? Holla, holla. So <clears throat> in all good faith and uh, understanding, peace be to all. I have a friend um that loves rock, like into heavy, heavy metal. Like he, you know, he's British. Um, my, 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 my close friend, Elise, um, her husband, 
he's into like death metal and all that. And one of the bands that got him kind of into that fusion new metal hip hop was Papa Roach and that song Last Resort. I hated that first album personally. I thought it was trash. Um, going forward, it was pretty good. But he said that was his, you know it was one of his amp songs. You know, this is my last resort. So my question to you guys: Name one song that amped you up, but also complimentary from that rock track, a hip hop track that also amped you up. Who wants to start first? You want me to tell you mine then to make it easy for you? Sure, go ahead. Okay. You can think about it. Okay, I'll say Into Sandman, Metallica. Hearing that shit is sleep with one eye open, gripping your pillow tight. It's fucked up, but still, when I hear it, it's like, holy shit. I saw them live at um, Madison Square Garden one time. It's, it's insane how they perform. They have a whole stage to themselves, and it's basically everyone around, like fire breathing and everything like that. Fucking magnificent. And hip-hop, hate me now. I'm sorry, Tom, that shit, come on. You can hate me, I hate you too. I got millions of thugs on salary. There's not two. Who got? Who else? What you got? Who, 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 who's the uh, who's responsible for uh, let the bodies hit the floor? Oh, that's drowning pool. Okay, that's that's what I'm going with then. All right, and rap. Okay. Shit, it was in high school when I was it was, it, it was between it was between DMX and then there was X and Ambitious as a writer. I played that before that all the games. Okay. Can I? Can I fuck up something real quick? I hate to, to do this. So that let that body hit the floor. That's actually a religious song. <laughs> I mean, look, Jesus had the hoop too at some point. Word. <laughs> so, I'm dribbling on these hoes. You know what? You, you know what it is. All right. So we talk. Get you hype. Shoot the J, huh? No, sorry. <laughs> get you hype for me. Okay, rock. And this is just something that initially came to my head when you asked the question. Imagine dragons go. Mm. And on the rap wow, side, wow, I think you do touch turns of gold. Yeah. Nice. On the on the rap side, the motherfucking grand finale, Little John and the East Side Boys featuring Bun B, Nas, Ice Cube, and Jadakiss. Yeah. Okay. I like okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 So I guess that leaves me, huh? Miss Almonte. All right. So Rock, Marquis already knows. I'm going Lincoln Park, one step closer. Nice. And. Shit. And then hip hop, we're going Wu Tang Triumph. Mm. Get me ready to start the day. Mm. <laughs> Word. If okay. I gotta fuck somebody up real quick, okay. lace him, Tim. So that's what you wore that day in the mall. I mean, oh, that's what shit. you listened to the day in the mall. What did I listen to? I don't. Uh, <laughs> what, what was it? Mark? Children screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't abuse children. Don't beat not. your kids. Mary I will. You did. <laughs> <laughs> and you too. And you too was a parent. Just in case they didn't get the message. <laughs> you can get it too. She All literally right. said that. You can get it too. Oh my Jesus. I would have paid to see that. Yeah. All right. We got, we got a, a fairly large TV and film section today. So we got Coming to America 2, or Coming to America, Snowfall. WandaVision and Biggie, I got a story to tell. Let's get into coming to America first. Um, this movie felt like it was made by people who heard about the story of coming to America but never actually watched the movie. That's what that's I can't watching. agree with that. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, because, I don't. You okay. want me to explain it? No, you got it, man. You got it. No, no, no. 
No, I want him to explain it. Okay, I'll explain yeah. it. A, because yeah. they brought all the characters back, right? All the characters back. It had the the platform to be a really great sequel. It had none of the spirit of the original. That's why I said that heard about it but never actually saw it. The fact that Eddie Murphy said my mfing without saying motherfucker, and in the first one he would have clearly said it. It, it. Everything about this felt like people trying to imitate something. They like whereas before Eddie Murphy was Prince Akeem. It seemed like he was trying to remember how to play Prince Akeem. Like nothing about this felt like it just it felt like a bunch of people like it felt like a sequel that was made when everybody in the original they had to recast everybody. It just nothing about this felt genuine to me. It didn't have any of the grit, any of the the thing that made Coming to America special. They tried to retell the story. It was like Coming to America without the soul of Coming to America to me. Mm-hmm. I agree with okay. that. I, I agree with that, that. But I agree with that, but I I can I know why though. Why? Cancel, cancel culture for one. Two, it wasn't rated R, so it had more of a Disney feeling. You knew the you knew the the end results before the movie was over, and I know some people complain because they wanted. I know and because these creators out here that create these fake uh, movie posters and shit, they wanted Kevin Hart to be a part of that movie so bad. Just like they wanted him to be a part of Harlem Nights Part Two so bad, they want him to be a part of it. And I don't, and I get it. I know why, because they want it to be an instant classic. But them going from an R-rated classic movie to a PG-13 uh, Part Two, I don't, I don't see how. I'm not sure. Like I, I, I got, I got a feeling what we wanted, but I was satisfied with what they gave us. You know what I mean? I wasn't mad at it, and it was made for everybody to watch. Whereas the R-rated version, the kids are not interested in going back and watching that. At least most of them aren't. aren't. But my kids actually sat down and watched this one and they enjoyed it. And and the little, you know, the the, the, the old characters that they brought back and the McDowell's and stuff like that, it was fun to explain to them what that was and why they were important or why, they, why we're laughing, you know what I mean, at certain parts. So... I get it. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's going to be a classic, but it's still going to be a part of a classic. Uh, who wants to take it next? Go for it, Mary. Go in. Um. All right. Here's the deal. I feel like number one, the first half of the movie and the second half felt like two different <laughs> like movies, and I feel like if you just if you did not go into this expecting like a good movie then it was fine, right? It's kind of like Baylor said. You take it for what it is. It was nice to see everybody. I mean, I don't think that, aside from Cobra Kai, not sure if you guys are up on that one, but you're not, and it's not really for the culture of Cobra Kai, so whatever, but I was very much into Karate Kid back in the day, so I really enjoyed it. Anyway, sidebar. But that's the only other instance that I saw, um, like, the opportunity to bring back, like, 99.9% of the original cast. Um, so it, of course it was nice to kind of see everyone. Um, you know, the jokes were corny you kind of, I wasn't such a fan of the dude who they cast to play, you know, Akeem's son. Mm-hmm. I would have definitely preferred, uh, Kevin Hart, <laughs> but whatever. Um, you know, it was, I, what I did, the only part that was enjoyable, and this is the part that does connect the second to the first 
is the second half of the movie, the storyline really did mirror exactly what Akeem went through in the first one, where he was supposed to marry this girl who was, like, connected with the royalty, but then he ended up falling in love with, like, a commoner and then discovers what love is, and, you know, that was cute. I mean, that little tie. It was was more earned in the first one. So, like, in this one, he literally, he's fine marrying the the woman he was arranged to marry. Deanna Taylor. Yeah, Yeah. he was 100% fine, whereas Eddie Murphy was always conflicted about it. So it was more of a story to tell there. Like, and it was such a a switch that flipped. It didn't feel as earned as the original. I get what you're saying. I agree with with that. The themes being the same, though. I agree with that. Um, I mean, it was a cute little thing that, you know, because we got to mention this for the culture. They had DeVito at the end mm-hmm. actually perform. And they actually had, like, real Afro beats in the soundtrack. So that was dope as opposed to, you know, the, the parody-type music they had in the first one whenever they'd portray Africa. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like there was a cute little theme of women's empowerment that they were trying to weave into there. Um yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they were trying to show, I guess, character growth for Hakeem. I don't know why I keep wanting to call him Hakeem. Maybe it's because I'm from the hood. Anyway, Hakeem <laughs> um, from the first like, kind, of, <laughs> kind of trying to, like, uh, shake his chauvinistic views. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a movie that I will never watch again. I'll say that. <laughs> so it was a must-watch once for the culture, but... Yeah, it's not like something... The first Coming to America, I could throw on at any day of the week and still watch it start to finish. The second one, I will never see again. <laughs> so, yeah. That's my take. Um, <clears throat> I won't be as brutal. I think... Um, so, I, I, I didn't have any expectations after everyone told me how bad it was. So, I'm just going in just to watch it for the culture. Um, it felt artificial like all the characters who reinvested themselves into their or reprised their role it felt artificial um the whole mcdowell's thing was just cheesy um going after the you know mcdonald's and everything um to me i i think the biggest problem i have is it felt like when we watch a movie about a white savior for a black movie what black men are doing for black women it's like we're looking at it from their lens. Mm. Uh, a black man is telling uh, an empowerment story or trying to empower women from their perspective, and it didn't hit at all for me. And again, I'm not a woman, but I know if watching that, it didn't feel real. It didn't feel genuine. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you know what? You're going to be queen. That's what we're left with. So I didn't really feel any – whatever the movement he was trying to make or whatever he was trying to put or the agenda that was set to promote or elevate because this is the time to do it, it didn't feel like that. It just felt – contrived felt you know the really the message was if there was supposed to be a message unless it's just like a barbecue we're back let's have fun let's just put everybody's favorite in front of you and just you know make a little money and just i'm still here kind of thing but other than that i felt nothing for this movie and yeah i, I do feel a little dumber for watching it um so i need to watch a little something something more educational educational can we talk about though how black don't crack because everyone for the most part looked good I felt Eddie. There were some angles with Eddie Murphy with his gut, though. But aside from I mean, I that, think, that's that's COVID, you have, man. When you have a, ho- a Hollywood budget, anybody can look good like Black Don't Crack. Because Arsenio Hall, if you've seen him before this movie, he, his black was cracking. <laughs> <laughs> his black was cracking. Um, 
Well, the women look good. That's true. That's Giant true. athletes still look good. And you know, and that that scene where they did the whole uh, deep fake thing, like where they de-aged them. Yeah. It it looked pretty good. It could have been did. worse. So yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, overall, like I said, like it's it's not a horrible movie. It's just it's cool. Like that's that's what has been my approach for me. It's cool. Like I said, like Mary said, I I don't think I'd ever go back and watch it, but it's cool. Cool. Let's move on. Something that's more than cool. the pillow. <laughs> Snowfall season four. What the fuck have you guys thought about Snowfall season four so far? We're missing the episode, by the way, while we're recording this. But what do you guys think? It gets better and better. I agree. They've mastered the art of storytelling slowly and masterfully. The, the intricacies of each detail, character. I mean, great character development. Um, you I, honestly, I thought they could have ended it at season three, and I was worried for season four that they couldn't top that. But they're doing a really good job bridging this, so I'm loving this shit. This is one of my favorite shows. Period. This shit is dope. I mean, it's literally snowfall, so I guess it is dope, right? Okay. <laughs> well played. This show is the writing in it is. I, I don't know if you guys know or not. I consider Breaking Bad the best written show I've ever seen in my life. That's above the wire. That's above Sons of Anarchy. That's above what anything else that the people throw out. This is this Hannibal. is damn near close. Hannibal. I don't think I could give it better than Hannibal since you said that. Um, as far as a writing, a writing standpoint, but uh, okay, okay, okay. But what they're doing with Franklin's character and Damson Idris as an actor is fucking phenomenal. Like this, this show is amazing. Um, I just. I don't know how much longer they can keep the show going because the moment he has a movie that pops off, this TV shit is over for him. It's well, over. The Go thing ahead. is, I, I see them rush through, not 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 necessarily rush through it, but I like the timeline that's not necessarily letting people know that there's a timeline on the gang culture. Mm-hmm. And that is when um, people don't know the, you know, they we're not... We don't have boroughs or anything like that, but our cities obviously are separated, mm-hmm. but within those cities are a lot of different gangs. And so, you know, one of the, one of the most, one of the dope scenes in, I think episode, I want to say episode, it was either episode one or two. Um, I forgot his name, but he was like, I'm gonna kill him Compton niggas or whatever. Um, a lot of people don't know that Compton is predominantly Bloods, and you know it's not there's not much Crip sets out there. So when the dope, you know, when the dope hit hit L.A. in like the mid mid to late '80s, um, that's what started a whole lot of gang wars, and that's what we're seeing in, in season four right now. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like that's um, that's a focus that I've noticed without even having the color that you just gave us. So that, thank you for that. Um, but another thing that I like that they seem to be honing in on is like the systemic racism, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, how all the, the black owned shops that were there for century for, well, I don't know about centuries, decades, um, were being forced to relocate. And then, I don't know, I'm curious to see how Franklin plays that out because it's like, I think that's part of like his character, struggle right it's like he got into this to really do the right thing and uplift his people and i do feel like you know somewhere along the way in and out it's like the business 
of it all takes precedence over his original intentions. So I'm curious to see how that's going to happen. Like how he actually told the bookstore owners that they had to leave, even though he had promised them he wouldn't like, uh-huh. and, and you know what? And the most important character to season four is, is man boy. Yes. Hmm. He's the most yeah. dangerous. He's the most dangerous and the most important character to season four overall because he's the one that that's actually starting some of the gang wars in in South LA. So we all we all know a man boy. Nah. Mm. What do you make of his choice to go after the other one over man boy, knowing that man boy might be the one that's going after him? Like he he basically made peace with other dude to take man boy out, and he could have kept that under control. But he chose to keep Manboy alive. What, what do y'all think about that? Because you know who's who's more tr- trustworthy. And Manboy, I think had, the other it, dude would have been more trustworthy, wouldn't he? No. Well, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I don't think he trusts Manboy that much either. So he's a I lesser think, of two evils. Because that was Teddy's Teddy's story. That was about that was Teddy's story, basically to have them kind of play against each other mm, and yeah, take. Yeah. The pr- right. and he didn't do that. Like he basically looked like he sided with Manboy though. But you got to figure if, if both of them wipe each other out, then he doesn't have that much manpower on the street. And then his peoples tell him that if they were like given the choice, they would have went with man boy. Mm-hmm. I felt like Jerome and and uh, old girl. Had no, they said they would they'd have taken man boy out. I thought they said it would have taken man boy out. They said they would have went with man boy, keep him alive. I thought that's what they said. Hmm. Anyway, you already know, not to skip ahead, but we're going to talk about this later in the show. That was one of Biggie's Ten Crack Commandments. You don't trust no one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> but yeah, Snowfall's fucking amazing. I can't wait to see how the season's going to end because yeah. it's going to be it's going to yeah. be an interesting one. Um, but but from- can I just say, Damson Idris, because you had you know kind of alluded before about how he's about to take off. He was on Good Morning America this morning, and <laughs> he told the story. I don't want to get too well. Okay, whatever. Y'all could go look it up. It's on his page. But he told the story about how he accidentally joined a Zoom, um, and you know he didn't have a shirt on, and Jay Z was in the Zoom, and basically he did a Jay Z impression that was like so on point. Like he really is a master of impressions. So. I think uh, because I mean I feel like in Baylor you would be the litmus test here, but I feel like when you hear him speak in his natural British accent, it's like goddamn, how is he pulling off this West Coast accent <laughs> like well, on a well, continuous get, basis? Well, getting getting to the next uh, topic um, about you know if he can become the next star, I believe I believe so based off of what Mary just said, he could. He could pick up a cadence like like nobody like nobody can, and the fact that <laughs> I don't want to call him the cadence coach, but one of his acting coaches was Dub C, and it's like this is how dope he is. I can hear a cadence West Coast voice. I don't hear Dub C, mm-hmm. but I know that he coached him to talk that way. So he just like just like Rick from The Walking Dead, he has cemented himself as Franklin. No matter what else he does, he could be in blockbuster movies and stuff like that, but he will be Franklin. Is that a good or bad thing? That's a good thing. So any character you see, you'll always see Franklin. But that, but I, I, to me personally, he might have a different, you know, because it's, you know, it's his career. But I think Snowfall will always be his baby. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, look, just like with Omari Hardwick, he's ghost, but we've seen him in other things, and he did a great job of not being ghost. So right, and then afterward, whatever he do after that, nigga, you still gonna be ghost. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. Think I'm really ghost. Brown. <laughs> oh yeah, Bobby Brown. <laughs> but can we talk about? And I don't want to get derail us too much because I know we have a lot to cover still. But I feel like the British, the black British actors, are killing the game. Oh, Wait, oh, for a minute, absolutely. It's for been, a while. It's, been, it's been growing and growing since the last few years. But yeah, absolutely. The queen don't like them. They coming here, right? The niggas are coming here. The queen don't like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, damn. All right. Well, that's that's the way to link it back into an earlier topic, uh, Marquis. Um, but yeah, the the black British actors are killing it. And I think also it's because a lot of British actors start off in, in theater. They have these this theater background, and mm-hmm. that is wh- why you see them so easily able to adapt into a multitude of different roles, whereas in America, you're more than likely to get typecasted very early on in your career. The moment you have a good a good one, you're, you're get typecasted, but these British actors really spent years doing stage acting and things like that, so they're they're more versatile. The dude who played Lincoln, where is he from? What's his name? I can't remember his name right now. Lincoln or Leon? Lincoln. He was Lincoln. He played Abraham Lincoln. Oh. Oh. Uh, Wait, what's He was the... also and what? He retired. The oh, movie. Uh, Daniel Abraham Day Lewis? Daniel Day Lewis. Where's he from? Is he not is he not American? I don't know. I was asking. I mean, the, the reason I say that, some actors dive so far into characters, you don't even see them at all. And they're theater actors. That's they start off in theater and then they go into, you know, film, but you can see how that training translates He's into well. to movies. Yeah, figures. Christian Bale, the rest of them, um, okay. Right, but I feel like like if you take all of our sitcoms, right, is this like indicative of a shortage of talent among the American black actor pool? Because it's like, okay, dude from For Life is British, right? Mm-hmm. Snowball, uh, all American, which by the way, we need to talk about that like next week because that uh-huh. got... Spencer, uh, shout out. Yes, yeah, Spencer, but he's British. Like yeah. all of these. <laughs> and and like, you know what's crazy about that, Mary? I was asked about I was asked about his character because it's based is based in L.A. And I was also asked the first season of Snowfall, like how do I feel about these British cats taking cat uh, taking roles, and and like wouldn't y'all? I don't know why they feel like <laughs> you have to be a real game banger to play a game banger in like a. Y'all don't know an L.A. based movie or L.A. based show. I'm at the point where I'm like, yo, you could be from L.A., but can you act? Can you be can you be Franklin? Like my wife didn't know until the third season that he was British. Yeah. Until she heard it until she heard an interview. So I'm like, bro, if you get if you could do the job and you can do it well, I don't care who you are. Just as long as you black. Yeah. I feel you on that. But I have to say, and I'm not from the West Coast, so to me, though, first of all, West Coast accents are so distinct, and they're not easy to emulate. Like, I, <laughs> like when I start putting on my little Snoop impression, it's like I'm still not fooling nobody. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's really a talent in L.A. and actually master that. But, yeah. yeah. So, so he got it. Yeah. We'll see how that continues to grow, but let's get into the next one. WandaVision, the finale happened. All of our fucking uh, guesses and speculation, all that shit was wrong. It was all fucking wrong. Um, (laughs) 
who wants to take this one first? Well, first of all, we have to shout out Tat Wizza, who runs a, a clubhouse called This World is Such a Marvel. Um, he has been hosting freaking watch parties every week. And like every Saturday at 5.30 p.m., whatever Marvel show there is, he discusses it and gets into detail. So y'all need to get on that if you're not already. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, they, they tied it up beautifully, I think. We were wrong, but maybe I would have been, you know, nobody likes a predictable show. Right. <laughs> so um, I'm just curious to see where things go. And I know things are up in the air, um, but I feel like they left it so open-ended, right? I mean, first of all, and, and we talked about that in the clubhouse room that I mentioned before, uh, but motherhood was such a theme. And again, not to give myself the shameless plug, but I always look at things from a motherhood lens. I'm a mom and, you know, young urban moms and all that. Um, but, you know, Wanda's love for her kids is what got her, like, to basically chase Agatha slash Agnes, whatever we're calling her, into her little lair in the first place. And as you can see at the ending, um, her hearing her kids call for help is what's going to get her back into the game, which I guess we'll see how that plays out in Doctor Strange. Um, so I'm curious to see how that goes. But the way that everything got answered was pretty perfect, I feel. So I'll let you guys get into the nitty gritty next. Baylor? No, shit. No, you, all, you just gave us the nitty gritty. Shit. So, I mean, that's basically it. I'm ready for another season. I want to see how they tie it up to any Marvel events that come up. Um, I know for a fact that Wanda is dealing with a lot of trauma, and that woman needs some therapy. For real. Actually, needs more than therapy. But I I did tell folks, they asked me if I would do the same for my wife. And again, I will say this again. I will absolutely torture you niggas if I lost my wife. I would definitely bring her back. I th- and, but, that, you, but that's a part of the first story that we all tap into because most of us would do that for any of our loved ones. So. Oh, yeah. All you niggas will be happy in my sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Marquis? So one, one episode we had a conversation about how DC is changing the game by making it real. Marvel snatched that shit back. This shit was fucking flawless. I don't no, I've never seen a show like this before. Whoever decided to write, create, and expand upon a psychological trauma from a childhood and use her power. And imagine if she was just in a psych ward, and this is what she imagined. This shit was magnificent. Mm-hmm. Fucking magnificent. My question to you, well, all of you, who do you think would win? Her or Captain Marvel? Oh, not even, it's not even a question. Uh, Wanda is the most powerful person in the MCU at this point. Yeah, I think so too. At this point, mm-hmm. uh, hmm. who's more powerful than Wanda in the MCU? Deadpool. He's not in the MCU as of right now, but he's still not more powerful. You saying he, he can I, just I, survive I, more, but he's not more powerful? He put a oh. he put a gun to on the writer's head and got out of the comic book. <laughs> Wait, so we saying overall all characters in the no, MCU? No, so in the MCU right now, I, how, is oh, she, in how is she more powerful than Captain Marvel? Easily, she she, she could. Sh- Make Captain Marvel believe she's somebody else and strip away her power like this. You know, time out. Have I been saying this wrong the whole time? Because I call her Captain Marvel too. Why are you putting that there? 
It's Captain Marvel. Really no, 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 no. She's Captain Marvel. The original one, the Captain original Marvel. person, Marvel, is in the comics, but she's ca- always been Captain Marvel. It, Mary is Target and Tarjay. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, that's, you think it's okay. That's next level nerd conversation. We're not even gonna go yeah. down that path. Okay. Um, can I pose can I pose this question? Uh-huh. There was a I know y'all probably seen a meme on Twitter of them attacking Wanda asking why she didn't pick any black sitcoms to be a part of. Y'all though, for real. So, so my question to y'all is what sitcom would y'all want to be a part of? I don't know, but that says a lot when somebody from a war torn country still would not want to be a nigga. Like yeah. She grew up in Sokovia that's war torn and still in her in her fantasy, she still did not want to be involved in the black sitcom. That's all I got to say about that. Um she probably I'm, gonna, auto, but I'm gonna go Family Matters to answer your question. Family Matters? Okay. In the episode where, you know, Steve becomes Stefan Urkel. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to a different world. Mm. Ooh. Mm. You just that, want Whitney. She up there for sure. I, in that case, I'm I'm going grownish just because Chloe Chloe, Chloe is in there. Okay. Um, are you a child molester? What? I'll she's grown. What are you doing? She's she's 25 years old. Okay. Mm, she's 20. She's 19, right? No, no, I'm not okay. Ti, homie. You got friends oh. that are 19. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that got weird. Moving on. Yeah, it did. It did. Leave it to us to fuck shit up, huh? <laughs> it could have been a beautiful conversation. My bad. <laughs> I, listen, for that, you guys are niggers. Hard ER on that one. I'm just letting you guys know. Uh, <laughs> Yo, all right, hold on. I don't know listen, what side of you, you to be mad at. Up, wanting I don't know to what side of you to be mad at right now, bro. All right? <laughs> you can't be inputting emphasis on the er. All right, bro. <laughs> Graham cracker. I don't fuck with Graham crackers. <laughs> Graham cracker. I can't leave Hayes. I can't leave my biracial brethren to <sighs> to be crucified by <laughs> sourdough. Anyhow, is silent. Where, where was this going? <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Um. Anyway, oh, wait. One thing that I do want to say about Wandavision that was disappointing. I thought, and this is the only thing that was disappointing. White Vision and Red Vision. <laughs> I Colored was expecting vision. some more fireworks from that. It was just like, oh, you are really the Vision. No, no, you are. But that means but see, you are. For- and then he does the little Vulcan mind meld thing, and then he just flies off like. What? For me, that ended the exact way I would think two, two, a, a battle between two visions would go. It's an intellectual yeah. level. Now, the thing in that that did bother me is that the white vision, spectral vision. Did he kill himself? He, because no. Because he didn't realize he was a vision and. He, he got his he memories back. To and destroy the vision. <laughs> he, he got his memories back and got the fuck up out of there. There's no way in the way that vision was depicted in the Marvel movies that he would leave Wanda there. Like he he wouldn't. Even if you go back to Age of Ultron, he didn't know who the fuck Wanda was and he made sure he saved her at the end of that movie. So like yeah. there's that, that they're going to have some explaining to do with that because like him him getting all his memory back memories back knowing he's Vision and saying, "You know what? Even though Wanda's in the middle of a battle, I'm getting the fuck up out of here." I just can't I can't imagine Vision's character doing that. Now, there is there is some speculation going around that 
even though he got his memories back, he still sees himself as a different person. So thus, he's yeah. not he doesn't have the attachment to Wanda. So that's why he got out of there, which is could be completely true. That's, I think that's what he said too. He didn't say that I am vision. He said something like, you know, you are vision, we are vision, or something like that. But no, he didn't he say, did say I am vision. He didn't confirm that he was vision. No, he did I, say I do he remember did. that part. No, he did say I am vision. He said I am vision. He said I am vision. vision. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. Hmm. And then just flew the fuck off, and we don't know. Where, Unless where he was still, did he say it ominously, like like he was exploring the question, like I'm? Vision. No, but, it was matter of fact. He yeah, and really I mean, like, and they showed okay. that he, and I mean, the whole point of 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 vision touching, uh, doing the mind meld, as Mary called it, was to unlock mm-hmm. his memory. So he now has all the memories up until Thanos pulling the stone out of it, because they showed that. So he he has everything. But then vision is there too. There's two visions there. They're both going to stay there to protect Wanda. But that it doesn't matter. I mean, but, but where is there? Yeah. Because it was in that all bubble, in that, in the in the hex that got destroyed. The hex is gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yes, hex is the gone. hex is gone. Then how does she create the um? Then how does she create the the um the the which? Right. And after, after all that, no, no, the hex is completely gone. If you're referring to the end, she's astral projecting just like Doctor Strange did in his movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, no, no, no. And, and she that. went to that log cabin. She, when she took where um, they all go. she took um, this this chick's power, but she put the hex on. The, it was still there. It was pieces of it. it was fragments of the hex still there. Well, not at the end of the show. Just, that that point, no. there was. You talking about? You're saying when he when he when he flew off, Vision went to go stop her from um her power away. The Vision in the show went to go stop her from giving her power away. Remember? What, what? That wasn't okay, the end. Well, that wasn't the Mark. end. We're talking about the very end of the show. At the end, when Wanda flies off, when she leaves, the hex is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and that, that's that's what Mary was saying. The kids disappeared and yeah. everything. It was like it was all a dream, like yeah. you said. But the white vision is gone already, though. Yeah, he's gone. Right. He's out of sight of the hex already. The, hey, the white vision was, it's my money and I want it now gone. <laughs> no, that vision was, I've been dead for five years. I'm finna go figure out what the fuck's going on. Um... But uh, let's get into what we got last. God damn, we know we get on some damn tangents. Biggie, I got a story to tell. I haven't finished it. You haven't finished it yet? No. And you don't need to. <laughs> That's my take. That's my advice. Why not? Okay. So since we're going to jump right in here, it would only be right if we played like I got a story to tell in the background, right? The beat, something. Come on. Anyway, um... All right, so long story short, I feel like there wasn't much revealed in this that if you were a Biggie fan already, you didn't already know. So, again, kind of much like Coming to America, too, although not really trying to compare those two, but it was great to see him. It was nice to see some of that footage of him just chilling and shit, but it wasn't like some kind of eye-opening you know, reveal or anything. I mean, there were a few little stories here and there, like the story of his friend, O, who ended up getting, you know, killed. He, they used to sling together. And basically, O's death seemed to be a turning point for him and kind of made him open to, you know, focusing on the music shit. Um, but aside from, and then like, you know, they talked about how he, first of all, his grandmother's still alive at 96. That was kind of dope. And then, you know, they talked about his summers he would spend in Jamaica. And I guess that's a side that maybe a lot of people didn't know, Mm -hmm. even though if you watched the movie Notorious or even any kind of footage of of his mother, it's very clear she's Jamaican. Um, Uh so, you know, but I guess you kind of saw like it was more ingrained in his upbringing than you would think. 
Um, I mean, again, you knew his dad was never around, but the mom gave a little color into how his dad actually turned out to be married. <laughs> and the mother didn't know. Um, and basically, you know, he just disappeared and went back to his real family. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was... <laughs> It was like, you know, it was like a good thing to watch, like a nice, like, wow, it's good to see Biggie, but it's nothing that you'd have to watch to, like, learn something new. Am I right, Hayes? No, you're right. You're right, 100%. I agree with that. It's it's not a lot. It's, 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 it's cool. It was a cool thing to see, especially some of the footage of him that I had, I had never seen before. So if you guys seen it, I had never seen. But it wasn't, like, this thing where I think you... you you, everyone basically knows the story that was told. It was very little new information. Yeah, but like Mary said, sometimes you just want to see them. That's true. Right. Yeah. Well, you know. But I'm not like you know clear your schedule and run and finish it. Oh no, no, I'm 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 gonna finish it just off just based off of who he was in general, you know. So fuck it, I got I still got to finish the Tom and Jerry movie, and I know that's gonna be trash. <laughs> I hate that nigga Jerry. I always starting some shit. <laughs> always starting some shit. But I'm gonna finish it based off of who they were in the past. So you know what I mean. Shout out Before to Jerry. They're canceled man. too. Jerry I asshole, was, man. Jerry asshole. Dead. Jerry's a, yeah, Jerry's Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Now it's funny because as a kid, it's like, ha, look at Jerry. Now, like as an adult, it's like that little motherfucker. Like he's, he's a fuck boy. Yeah, like yo, man. Any nigga named Jerry, I don't trust. <laughs> oh, Goddamn, um, Jerry Curl. <laughs> yeah, but no, big, big is one, is one art. No, forget he's one human. I wish we still had, man. I really do. For real. I really and you do. know what? That was the feeling I lo- like. I'm- that was my takeaway from that. It was like, damn, to think he'd only be 48 if he was alive today. It's like, and you know, we're, we're recording this a day after the day the greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. Um, listen, Marquis, stop. Respect mm-hmm. should be paid. Um, I mean, I'm quoting cannabis, but respect okay. should be paid. Stop it. And th- th- go ahead. Go ahead. Now, now you didn't open the rabbit Finish. hole. No, let's not go down this rabbit hole, please. Uh, we know, we know, we already know that one. Let's not do this. All right, whatever the case is, um, you know, not for nothing. So yesterday I was on the road, you know, on the actual day on March 9th, I was on the road a lot. And that's the only time I ever listened to like the radio radio uh, because I was touring colleges with my daughter. Anyway, sidebar. Uh, But not for nothing. I really felt like what a great day to be like listening to the radio and on the road because every station and I don't know if it's like that on the West Coast or even outside of New York haze, but every station was bumping, you know, Biggie. And it was like some serious Biggie mixes. And again, anytime you just hear him or see him, that's the takeaway. It's like, damn, I wish he was still alive. What else could he have? What would the game be right now if he didn't die? You know what I'm saying? At 24 years old. Like, that's you just right. think of how incredibly young word, he was. The word would be different. I don't, I don't even think he would be right. I, I think he wouldn't have rapped past 30, honestly. Hmm. Hmm. I think he would have been much more important, much bigger than hip hop. There's a lot of other so, artists I feel like that, but I think I don't you know. Think I just, he would have acted because I don't like not for nothing. I just remember that episode when he was on Martin was like epic. Like I was I, like, <laughs> I definitely think he would have he would have ventured into all of that, but I think he would have been a much he would have been better than Killer Mike. You think he was a thespian? Yeah. Okay. 
I think mm-hmm. I, that's why I didn't say I wish we had him back as an artist. I, I wish we had him back as a human because mm-hmm. it just is something in his his mama says it without saying it. Like he was he was different, man. Mm-hmm. He was different. If I could have him back, if I could have Nip back, man. Oh yeah, my God. and Pac, come on. Pac, yeah, Pac is that's that's I mean all of them, all of yeah. them. Yeah, and Pop but, Smoke. Pop Smoke had it too. I gotta tell you, he he didn't have long enough in his career for everyone to see it. Which, by the way, we all need to watch Buggy. But for real, for real, he had that spark, that same spark. It was there. I I get where Billy coming from. Like Big had something special. He was humble. He had a heart. Like he named Junior Mafia. He wanted to get them out of the hood. He wanted to. It looks like he wanted to relocate people and build people up. You know what I mean? Like, I know Nip and everybody else did, but he was one of the original ones who wanted to do that. I know Pac's mission was to elevate us mentally and get out of that mental slave um, mentality, but he was like, I got to take care of my people because I know what's back there. What, what happens on Fulton, it's not good luck. Like, yo, shit's going to happen no matter how, how great it appears to be. Um, I do appreciate that. I, and, and the one thing I told you before, he wasn't in my top 10 until I recognized what he did for, for hip-hop itself. Like, people still reference him and, and, and Pac. And it's always in a positive manner. No matter how you look at it, it's still they're elevating the culture. You know what I mean? Um, I got a, I got two questions for actually I got a rapid fire. No 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 long takes. Um, do you think him and Jay's album would have better been better than him and Kanye's and Jay's and Kanye's album? Absolutely, especially at the yeah. time that it would have been released at. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It could have been um, Big and Bow Wow. That shit would have. Oh my God. We oh I gotta get past this. Okay. Um, would JB as big if big didn't no. die? No. Okay. No. And that's not saying that he wouldn't be on the level that he's at. It's just that I believe, and I'm a West Coast nigga. That nigga had a voice for New York. Okay. A voice. Okay. Okay. North um, was tough, but that's another story. Because he's living off basically that. Can I tell you, and I don't want to get long-winded because I know you got more, but so part of what yesterday when I was in the car... Um, not going anywhere for a while. Part of that medley was Missing You by Puff and Faith. And then it brought me back to like 97 when Mm -hmm. that dropped. And I literally was like, yo, that was really Puff's moment. That was what brought Puff really to the forefront as an artist for me and and my circle for sure. So had there been no, had Big Not Died, there wouldn't have been a Missing You and we wouldn't have viewed Puff as an artist himself and not a producer. Who wrote that? I forgot who wrote that. Missing you. Who wrote that? Um, Missing you. Yeah, who wrote that? Oh my god. Was it Missing another you? Rapper who wrote that, that was it, right? Yeah, every day was. Yeah, somebody else wrote that. I forgot who it was. It was um a known rapper, but he wasn't that big. Um. Anyway. Ready to die or life after death? Oh. Oh. You life after dog. death. For me. Life after death. I gotta go with life after death. But you? that that fucking uh, ready to die album cover. Yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, but yeah, life after death. Niggas bit off. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, best uh, favorite uh, big single. Hypnotize. I got a story to tell. <laughs> mm. I used to dance my ass off to Hypnotize. Play the shit out of that fucking. Special bit. about Hypnotize. Uh, hey, I probably have to say Hypnotize too. Uh, who shot you? Fuck it. That's where I was gonna go. That's where I was gonna go. Who shot you came out? I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Was it about Pac or not? No, I remember it was, last you know, it was reported you, before you, Pac, the Pac situation. You, 
Hey, but you know what? You know what? Even if it was, is understandable. Yeah. By the way, uh, sauce sauce money wrote missing you. Sauce money. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's my questions. Thank you. I just wanted to, because I really didn't have anything else to add to that particular um, documentary. So. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into our last break. When we come back, Weller has his legend list filled with Soldier Boy and <laughs> Little Romeo. Uh, but we'll be right back after this. Let's get in. Break in. B2K. Being a mom is probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I have my own company, but I'm a mom first. A younger mom, it's not an experience like any other. When you're young, you're growing with your kid. You're growing into that identity. Developing and creating a community of moms that are basically sharing information with one another so that we can be stronger moms. Perfect imperfection, beautiful chaos, doing the best you can every day, falling down nine times but getting up ten. As long as you are led by love, you kind of can't lose. Moms coming together to share information so that we can be great parents for our, our children. Us being the change we wanted to see in the world. Yum came into existence. All right. We've been we've been on this shit lately. I, this is just a good fun way, especially because we've been getting a, pretty deep on these episodes. So, Baylor, this, this week it's your legends list. <laughs> Plot twist. So look, I got seven names, right? I got seven you names. Got seven back elevens. Two of those names mm -hmm. definitely shouldn't be on the list. But <laughs> the cri the criteria of this list. <laughs> but look, the criteria of this list is longevity, impact, and influence. Right? I can tell you five nope. of them right now. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Le not le not legend, but legendary moment. So. These are, these are, there's five, there's five legends on here and there's five, there's two legendary people on here. Okay. All right. So no particular order. We got <laughs> Mr. Sad Boss himself, right? We got Soldier Boy. We got Chief Keith, Nick Cannon, Justin Bieber, Chris Cross, and Tevin Campbell. Bro, did you literally put that list together in a... And pick people. Not only knew. that, not not only that, Hayes. I had a whole fucking room talking about this all day again. Oh Jesus! How old were they? I mean, it's very various ages. I mean, I I can't. You know, I'm not asking for niggas birth certificates, but um, <laughs> but you know, the details that they went into for these particular people is fucking phenomenal. So I we understand. can go. We don't. We we, we don't have to I go into detail. The first two don't, don't need any explanation, if you ask me. So and that's Bow Wow and Soldier Boy, right? All right, get them out of here. Now we you have. Sure, they don't. They don't need explanation. They don't need. You don't. Hey, they don't for me, I'm gonna tell you. I, I'm gonna tell you right now, Marquise. If you're looking to discredit those two, I know. So there, no, there's Boy? a there's Hold a nigga on. that's gonna break down both of their careers. That's gonna make you think like, yeah, let's leave them niggas alone. Boy, fuck is brilliant. I gotta give it to him. So I'll leave that alone. Okay, so let's get to the rest. Chief Keith, Nick Cannon. Let's just go with those two right now. Do we disagree with Chief Keith being a legend? Yes. Why? This Chief Chief Keith knows one language and he doesn't even speak that well. That's so, fine. So, no. but it's a whole, it's a whole bunch of other niggas that st I wouldn't say necessarily stole his style, 
but he is one of the forefathers of drill music, of drill rap. I not agree only, with that. Not okay, not I agree that, with that. that. I agree that with that. Seeped, he's a legend is, for that, for sure. It seeped over to New York, and it's all the way over here in the fucking UK. Oh, yeah. yeah. For those sure. Gri- those grimy videos, don't get me wrong. We've had a lot of those videos back in, back in the day where you had a gang of cats in the background jumping around with those grimy, dirty, filthy videos. Well, it started with Wu-Tang, but... Yes. <laughs> yep. But, Charlie. but the where the way they're shooting it now, that came from Chief Keith. I agree with that too. Nick Cannon. Well, oh, we got a problem with Nick. Suit. So what we got about Nick? Problem with Nick Cannon. Okay. No, he's a legend. Do you guys, wait. Are we talking about legends musically? Or are you talking about culture? For the culture? For the culture. Okay. Well, yeah. Then, yeah. I can't. And take he is it, a yeah. legend. For yeah. The he's absolutely a legend for the culture. As okay. corny as his start may have been. Yeah. Okay, now to run like drumline. <laughs> Bro, Nick Cannon doesn't even like drumline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna round it off with the last three: Justin Bieber, Chris Cross, and Tevin Campbell. The only one I I got I got disagreed with there is Tevin Campbell. Okay, a lot of people did. Yeah. Uh, no, listen, Tevin Campbell is like the wedding soundtrack. <laughs> You go to any black wedding, you're gonna hear some Tevin Campbell. So, but watch, but watch this, but watch this though. When me and Catherine get married, you don't hear there, there's there there's oh, there's, one per- there's one person there's one person there's one person that puts Tevin Campbell in. Hear me when I say this. This is not me, but I will have him back on the show. He has him in the Lauren Hill category. Okay. As far as not being a legend, but having a legendary moment. I would agree with that. Okay. I don't disagree with Tevin Campbell being there. When it comes to R&B, just, for sure. I just got one question. Yeah, you got more than one. So, you put this legendary list, these seven legendary lists. No, you didn't I, put put, the, I put this legend list together and added legendary people to it. Okay, there's, so, a, there's, a, there's a difference between being a legend and having a legendary moment, Marquise. But my, my, you, go ahead. I mean, because you, you could have put Wayne up there. You could have put Master P up there. Like, why, why would you? Why, 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 why would you put Wayne and Master P up there when they're not debatable? These are people that you said because we didn't debate on a lot of those. Five of those we didn't debate on. Nobody is debating Little Wayne is a legend. Nobody no, 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 no. I'm talking about Bieber. Nobody really debates Bieber. Nobody really debated um, Soldier Boy. Like, unless they did. Somebody else debated that. I don't. I didn't think no. that that was a debatable. No. Okay. So these are just debatable legends. We're, we're talking about yeah, well obviously it is if we're still talking about it a lot of people don't feel like i mean soldier boy probably he's probably unanimous but everybody yeah. else was pretty much debatable beaver was and, debatable yeah they 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 fought against it i didn't fight against it okay i tried to fight for tevin campbell on the, on the other side but outside of he had outside of the graduation music like can we talk and then that's it mm. No, I'm ready. I like I like now. that too. Come on now, don't fuck with me with R and B. Crisscross. Listen, I used to wear my shit backwards. I had my room was posters of Crisscross. So like, so, so, not- so are they so are they legendaries or do they just have a legendary moment? No, they're legendary legend. moment. They're legend. They they're, influence they're, culture in that moment. Reversing your clothes. There wouldn't be a bow off if it wasn't for Crisscross. No, definitely not. I disagree. It was the brat, right? Still, it was Snoop Dogg. Still, the crisscross made it okay for kids to be able to be superstars at that level. Yeah, I agree. Crisscross and Macaulay Culkin. 
<laughs> Macaulay <Nah. Culkin>. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. Well, we didn't even. Di- I, we, we really didn't disagree with you much there. Bro. Cheers. I know. That was unexpected. I thought you were going to have a little wild card list there. <laughs> yeah. I do have one question, though. Yeah. I do have one question. Um, Hayes, you took KRS one off my top ten list. Who would you put in there, place there? I don't. Where was the rest of the list? I, I can't do that right now. I just wanted to know why you removed KRS one off there. That's all. But okay. If he, he took we'll, KRS. We'll he took KRS one, and you put three stacks. Oh, did I? Is that what I did? Sounds. He, I didn't even hear him say that. You, I did. Well, yeah. I, that's that. That's what I would do. You put three stacks over KRS one. That sanction. That's fine. Thank you. That's fine. If you put both of them in a cipher, uh, three stacks will eat KRS one alive. Oh, KRS, and the reason why I say that is KRS one needs to do his research. If you put them in, in, if you put them in a cipher and just off the top of the dome, no research, who comes out with the best sixteen? Three stacks is killing KRS one. I'm sorry, this dude did was originally freestyle, straight up. He still did his research. And himself? And his, Andre Three Stacks is, is more versatile than, than KRS-One. Oh, my God. He's he's Would more creative than KRS-One. Andre Three Stacks would kill KRS-One. Hip-hop. In what? In battle? Like, what? Exactly. In in hip-hop, in Irish jig, in hip-hop, in Irish jig, in folk music, everything. <laughs> We're talking about hip-hop, not hip-hop. He will not... Oh my God! KRS One was the first hybrid rapper, storyteller, battle mm-hmm. rapper. Mm-hmm. I hear all that. Wage, I hear all that. I know the resume. I know the resume. And you that put three stacks. That bridge is over. Put I'm up. sorry, bro. He just the whole barrel. That's fine. He ruined the whole barrel. He made that whole barrel dark. You understand that? And then and then and then so Key Sweat still came out the barrel later on. So he should have killed that motherfucker even more. You got a Who broke your heart? Nobody. I just hate Keith Sweat. Oh, was some Keith Sweat shit? I hate Keith Sweat. Oh my god! You haven't heard my Keith Sweat rants ever. Keith Sweat is the oh is god. the is the shittiest vocalist to ever make it mainstream. This motherfucker made it exactly a thirty year career off now, whining and being nasally. That's one of my favorite songs. It's on the Do Not Like list for me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, bro. I can't. Oh, carrot. Oh my god. Yeah, this is this is now our end. Let's let's move on because. Uh... So wait, I have a question for everyone. Since this episode is like the questions, um, do you guys think that if Big and Pop lived, they would have squashed the beat? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah, if, yeah. I think if you would have gave yeah. it, if you considering where Big was going, and I know most of most of his growth as far as like trying to make peace came after Pac died, but I honestly think if you would have gave another year to eighteen months, they would have they would have squashed that shit. Or even less than that, Pac was on his way out of death row. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we and and that's why I said when we had the East Coast West Coast beef, even though we were there were hidden, it was hidden agendas behind the the Pac and Big. It was more than just Big and Pac. It was the fact that you know we it the relationship between L.A. and New York is like. Nah, fuck y'all niggas. Y'all niggas, y'all, y'all judgmental. Y'all not open-minded and shit like that. We gonna rock our shit. Pac was the voice of that. Mm. But Pac was also easily influenced by the L.A. culture, which mm. got him into beefing with, and he, and it, the cool part about it was it was fake. That's why I said I need 
I need Big back because Big wasn't about none of that shit. And what I mean by none of it, he didn't want to beef with Pop. He didn't know he was in a beef with Pop until it was too late. You know what I mean? So that shit would have been squash and hip-hop would have been in a different direction. The world, and if that would have been in a different direction, the world would have been in a different direction. So we lost two leaders again. Yeah. Damn, man. Damn, Baylor. Thank you, Baylor. Exactly. God damn bastard. Shit. But, all right. That has been another episode of The Breaks Radio. Uh, Mary, go ahead. Give me social media. Any parting words. Baylor, you don't get no parting words for that shit. Don't, don't. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Go ahead. That was perfect. This nigga called. You go like that. Bastard. (laughs) And this is why. This is why coming to America wasn't good to you because we can't say bastard anymore. We can't say shit anymore. Well, that whole part of that storyline was a little wild. It was like the Rafiki-like dude is like, yes, I saw that you have a bastard child and had to say bastard like seven times. Bastard child. Mm. Yeah, that was offensive, actually. Anyway. Shout out to Wesley Snipes. Yeah, he should be ashamed of himself for his role in (laughs) in that movie. And anyway, I'm at Miss Mary Amante on all social platforms. And you can also follow at Younger Moms and at Just Spice with a Y for more of me talking my shit. Word. All right, Baylor. Oh, I can go? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> at Baylor the Great on all social media platforms. BTG for President, Open Room with BTG, part of the Rare Science Network. The bridge is open. That bridge is open. Marquis. Empire! Just kidding. Empire. M-P-Y-R-E. Everywhere. Was that coming from Jesus' basement? <laughs> what? Jesus' basement, you said? Oh, shit. Oh, they... oh, shit. Cut it off now. Stop streaming now. <laughs> oh, I stopped that. I stopped that earlier. We weren't... Yeah, I had to stop. Because you guys went some places that... Oh no, I forgot we were live streaming No (laughs) Go ahead Marky Shit, I don't know what else to say I'm stopping right after that Oh no Are we not canceled yet? We're not canceled yet? I didn't forget And you can follow me at CEO Hayes CEO H-A-I-C-E You can follow us collectively at the Breaks Radio You say H-N-I-C-E? H- you say H N I C. Oh, okay. Head nigga in charge. send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the breaks radio gmail.com. We're out this bitch today. Peace. Yes, sir, muscle. I is muscle. Drink water. Check it out. This here goes out to all the niggas that be fucking mad bitches and other niggas' cribs. Thinking shit is sweet. Nigga creep up on your ass. <laughs> Live niggas respect it. Check it. I kick flows for ya. Kick down doors for ya. Even left all my motherfucking hoes for ya. Niggas think Frankie Pussy Whip. Nigga picture that with the Kodak. It's the Mattack. We don't get down like that. Lay my game down quite flat. Sweetness, when you park that. Petiteness, but that ass fat. She got a body, make a nigga wanna eat that. I'm fucking with you. The bitch official though. Dick harder than the missile, yo. Try to hit it if she trippin' disappearin' like Arsenio. Yo, the bitch put the double O with the five.